Hey everybody, this is JR Bell with I Got Your Six Podcast. And in this episode, we're going to be doing some random things. First, it's moto time. Hey, listen carefully. Rich people, poor people. Poor people pack, act rich, rich people act poor. Think about that when it comes to paying your bills. Just pay your bills. When you have to, pay your bills. Don't rob Peter to pay Paul, okay? Also, remember... Never quit your day job while conquering the world. You can achieve everything you always wanted to do if you just follow through. Meaning that you can have a full-time job and still generate substantial amounts of wealth. You can have a side hustle. <clears throat> your side hustle is something that you do to important to increase, to increase, to increase your generational wealth. See, if you're looking for money like today, tomorrow, next week, it's not the kind of wealth you're looking for. Meaning that you can have wealth later on down the road. So when you retire from whatever job you do, that's the wealth you want. Because right now, Social Security does not pay as much as you think it should pay. So you want to have generational wealth, substantial wealth. And also, remember this a lot of people will tell you that when there's a generational wealth, you can be successful if you just do what you want to do. Yes, you can. You can also do two things. One thing you can do that's the most important thing, and that is find a way, if if your credit score is low, find a way to improve your credit score. I recommend, because this is what I'm using, I use Mint, M-I-N-T, not Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile's a great cell phone company, but I'm talking about Mint. Mint is by Intuit, by Intuit, Intuit. It's like TurboTax, TurboTax recommends Mint. I use that. Some people say I use credit karma. Some people have credit karma, but I use Mint. Mint gives you an overall credit score. What they do is they take all the three major credit scores, put them together, and give you an average. That's what they do. They don't give you one credit rating. They give you three combined together to give you an overview of all of them. So you get TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian all together. So it gives you... Um, uh, a composite view. So this says your credit score on Mint is like, say, 690. Hey, 690. That's an overview. It means your score is low, but altogether combined, it's a high enough score. See, so that kind of gives you a way to help you understand, to establish, and pay off and maintain your credit score. Because a lot of people say your credit score defines you. A lot of places will say, hey, can I run your credit score? I already know my credit score. Oh, well, we'd just like to run it for our record. No. You can pull it up and show them. If they don't accept that, then that's not the place you want to do business with. But then sometimes they'll say, hey, it doesn't affect your credit score. It does not affect your credit score. Now, some companies will run your credit, and it will drop your credit score by running it. Because, you know, that's just how they and some of them will run it and it doesn't affect your credit score. They'll say, no, this doesn't affect your credit score. We'll run it, but it doesn't affect You want those kind of companies. That'll say, if you run it, it doesn't affect you. If you get one and it says, oh, we got to run it and it will drop your credit score. Mm-hmm. Do you really want to go there? If you're with your girlfriend, your boyfriend, or your life partner, your better half, your bae, or whatever. I'm telling you right now, kind of made you make you want to think be a little more vigilant be a little more smarter here's the thing 
allow me to tell you this. If you go to a car dealership to go buy a car from a dealer, do this. The most important thing I recommend, find your own lender. Get yourself, get pre-approved for your own loan. So if your car costs, say you go buy a car and your car is like, say, 15,000, right? Go to your bank, go to your bank. If you bank with a major bank, go to your bank and get your loan from your bank. Cause they can take it out of your payroll check. If you can't use your bank, if you don't want to use your bank, go somewhere else like this. Look online, find lenders that will approve you. Get your loan, get pre-approved. Get a loan, get pre-approved for the amount. So you know, you go to a dealer, and your dealer will tell you, hey, this car is 155. All right, you tell them how much it is with everything. So, what you do is, if the car is 155, it's $2,500, right? What you do is you apply for a loan for 20 grand. You're not gonna use the whole 20 grand, but you want, you want, to, you want to get enough to cover everything. Tags, title, and licensing. Do that. That's a way that, so that you're guaranteed to have the money to pay for the car. Yes, because when you pre-approve from them, you're not going in there and they're telling you, well, can you put down a thousand? Can you put down, you go, you walk in with say, so you walk in with two grand and they come back and go, uh, can you put down any more than two grand? Because if you don't, because that's all you got, um, your car, your payments are gonna be um, 400 a month. Can you put down another two grand, another thousand, another 500? They want more money from you. But if you already been approved for your loan, Guess what? Dealers can't touch you. Because you're already ahead of the game. That's the way of being smart. Alright? Let's begin. Earlier this week, earlier last week, I was in, earlier last in my podcast, a couple weeks ago, a couple, yeah, about a week ago, I was in, uh, a week ago, I was in Lawton, Oklahoma. While I was in Lawton, Oklahoma, I was visiting with family visiting with my sons, my elder son's family, you know, he had a baby there, and he was there visiting because he had a kid, because his kid was um, Comanche, Cherokee, Comanche, and now Polynesian, and also um, um, Polish, and a few other things. He was, she's a beautiful baby, melting pot. While I was there in Oklahoma, I overheard and this is why I'm talking about it, because when I was there, I overheard, uh, I overheard some people talking about, did you know? And I said, did I know about what? Did I know about Black Wall Street? Now, Black Wall Street is this urban myth. That's something that everybody's been talking about, but we don't, you, you knew, how you said, you, you talked about it? So, and as I was there, someone was telling me, did you know that um, Uncle Charlie Wilson, one of the founding members of the Gap Band, um, said that is about Black Wall Street. Now, I was like, well, what is Black Wall Street? I mean, because in my history books, I didn't hear nothing about Black Wall Street. Well, come to find out, 
Black Wall Street was this area in Tulsa. It was where black people, of people of color, lived in a lived in a community where they generated their own wealth. And Black Wall Street was an area where people um, had their they had their own. I mean, it was a neighborhood that black, brown can live in harmony. But the problem was that in Black Wall Street, in the area of Black Wall Street, this area of Black Wall Street, people lived peaceful because they came from out of the reparations. It was in the early 20s, out of the, during the age of slavery and reparation. People moved there and migrating from the South. They moved to Oklahoma because that was a territory where they felt they can generate their own wealth. A lot of people there, there were more millionaires at that time. More generated wealth. There are people who own their own businesses, their own nightclubs, their own, their own grocery stores. People had their own hotels. People had houses, had their own properties. People had land, land that was there, that they owned in Tulsa, in that area of Greenwood, of Greenwood, uh, Greenwood and um, Asher and Pine. That's where the, that's where, if you ever heard the song, That's where they get their name, Gap. They want to let people know that we're going to take that name and let the world know about Black Wall Street. I did not know about Black Wall Street. Something I didn't know. And I try to know a lot of stuff about history and stuff. That was something I didn't know about. But I started finding about it. And I started learning. And basically what he, what he said was, in that area, people generated wealth. Here's what, here's what, here's what they said. If we didn't have it, probably didn't need it. And they had a thing called buy, called black-owned. Called black-owned biz, black-owned buy. Buy from me, I buy from you. That means I open up my grocery store and you had a clean. This is how we do this. This is what this, how this, this Black Wall Street, they call it Black Wall Street was. You own the cleaners where your clothes were, where you do, where you do uh, cleaning and alterations and stuff like that. I own the grocery store. I come in there, I patronize the business by bringing my clothes and everything. Even though I know I can go down the street, go, go out of the area to this other neighborhood where I can get it cheaper, but I buy, I, I patronize your business. And then you and your family come in and patronize my grocery store. That's called doing business, maintaining your money. Because when you buy local, it stays local. It doesn't matter what it is, it's called being economics of business. That's when I talk about you. And I tell you and I tell everything, what I, well, here's what I mean. This is what I mean, you gotta create your own generations of wealth. Your own wealth of giving and your own amounts of money that you need to generate. So you have to buy your own wealth of business. Everyone out there needs to understand this. So, okay, you're gonna create, you're gonna create what you call generations of wealth. Here's how you do it. You start your own business. No matter what you start up, we'll just say, you start an e-commerce business, right? Right, you start an e-commerce business. And your e-commerce is making tons of money. In your 
e-commerce business, you are making massive amounts of money and you're producing great products. Your friends know who you are. They trust you because you are a person who generates substantial amounts of wealth. So guess what? Now, you buy from your friend. He turns around and buys from you. That's called, that's called, that's called buying local. Because you trust that person. You know that person. That's like if your, it's like if your best friend, it's like a ladies, if your girlfriend has a, um, has a hair shop. And she does, and she makes, and she does weaves, extensions, sewing, and she's a good beauty, beautician. She does braids, everything. She's really good, but she's a little bit more pricey. You know, a little more money. And her, her, her hair and her products are a little more expensive than if you would have went down to, like, say, the Korean store or the Asian store or something like that, where you can get it for half the price. Right? And you go, and you're looking at her, and you're like, okay, I do want to buy business. I do want to patronize her, but it's a little more pricey than everything. Hey, buddy, you let her? You know? You got let her? No. You know, and everything. And you go down there, and you go to the Asian store, and you get your hair weave and all that stuff. But then you want to go back to her to have her to install it. Of course, she's an um, entrepreneur. She'll say, yeah, sure, I'll do it. But then she charges you this fee. She charges you how much she charges you this little bit pricey fee to do her hair. And you like, and you tell her, well, you know what? I can get this done by my girl, Laquisha, or by my girl, Tate, my girl, Tay-Tay, or my girl, Sharonda. And then the, then the lady who's doing your hair goes, why are you in her mind, she's thinking, why are you here? So she doesn't say nothing. She says, okay. She, and she goes, can you do it for this price? Because you're trying to haggle. Listen, sometimes haggling is great. Bartering and haggling is great for some things, but not for everything. When it comes to patronizing your own business, we don't. Let me tell you something. When it comes to people of color, when it comes to people of color, we tend not to patronize our own people. We'll go somewhere else other than our own. Now, I know one of my really good, um, long time ago, really good, really good friend of mine. He was an ex-boss of mine. Good former boss of mine. When I was really young, he was Italian. And I'm telling you right now, when I saw Generation of Wealth, I saw it based on. When you think of Black Wall Street, I thought of the Italian. And I thought of his, um, his best friend, who was Irish. Weird thing, for combination, he was Irish. They were Italian, and that was weird. Irish and Italian, never could get along. They all got along. Reason being, they got along. And I never was. I was asking your friends with a, with an Irish guy, who's from Ireland, who's an Irishman. He said, "Yeah, that's my very close friend." <clears throat> I will call him on. I will. I will pick up my house phone and I will call him and tell him that I'm coming by his store. I will tell him what time I'm coming by, and I will go in there, and I will patronize him. And because he owned the fruit market, he knew what, um, he, he would tell him what time to come by, and he said, patronize my business. 
you know, he could say yes. Because he had, he had an understanding. He told his friend he had an understanding that I will buy from you. You will buy from me. If you buy from me, I will buy from you. Because what he did was he happened to bump into the guy. The guy was setting up his, um, guy was setting up his, um, Italian, guy was setting up his Irish market. He had everything from Ireland. And he asked the guy, can you get this, this, this from Italy? The guy was like, yeah, I can get that. You get that, I'll, I'll patronize your store. So he said, I got it. That guy went there and bought from him. And, and then when he bought from him, the guy goes, well, what do you do? He said, well, I own a fruit market. He says, you know what? My, my family, my wife loves good fresh fruits. You know, and this and this stuff. And I'm looking to look for a place. I'll come there. So he went in there. Stuff was a little bit high. You know, a little bit more expensive. I mean, he could have went to the local grocery store and got it for maybe half the price. You know, could have he could have went down to the um, local market, farmer's market, and get it for whatever price. But he didn't. He went in there. The guy's stuff was a little bit high. He looked at it, and he saw that it was a little bit high. And he remembered how his store prices were same, high. But he went in there and he's like, oh, yeah, okay. He knew him, so he patronized his store. And then the next time, the guy kept coming back and forth. A lot of the Italians was asking, why are you going to the Irish guy to buy, to buy, to buy stuff? <coughs> why are you getting corned beef and all that stuff from the Irish guy? Just go down to the local grocery store and get it. Or, or go over to such and such market. Nah, I'll go here. But I but he does go to the Italian market, Italian meat market and gets meat. But on certain meats that he do want, he goes to this Irish guy. And everybody asked him the same question. Why are you going there? And his excuse was, and he told them. When they when they asked him, they told him, you know, you know, we we don't do that. He says, well, that's not you. He says, he says, that's you. But that's not me. Let me tell you what, he said, let me tell you something. He says, when I open up my fruit market, when I open up my fruit market, he said, I open up my fruit market. The first person, the, the couple of customers that were coming in was this, this Irish guy walked in. And he looked at my fruits and he noticed that it was a little bit higher than down at the grocery store. But he he, he asked, he says, um, I have a question. He says, I own a... I own a, he says, I own an Irish market where I sell a lot of corned beef and a lot of other Irish stuff. And I want to know if I come here, if I'm going to, you bought the stuff, says, can, you pay, can you come check out my store, see what you like. And if there's something that, that I don't have that you really must have, I could probably get it. And he goes, okay, I'll come in. So he bought the fruits and stuff. Guy goes to the store, he walks in. He looks, he says, do you have this, 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 and I need some Italian cheese, and I need some, I need some olive oil. This particular brand, because this particular brand, you only can get, only can be, it's only can be sold in Italy. It never was sold out of Italy. The guy goes, let me make a, let me make a, let me write a letter. Let me write a letter to him. He said, let me write a letter to my cousin, and I'll ask him. So he wrote a letter to his cousin, because that was back in the days when you wrote letters. And so he wrote a letter to his cousin. He asked his cousin, you're taking a trip to Italy. He's like, he said, you're going, he says, um, are you, you're going to Italy. So he wrote him a letter told him, you're, you're on your way to Italy. When you go to Italy, on your trip to Italy, can you pick up me this, this, this bottle of olive oil, this particular brand? He, and he says, what does it look like? He says, 
I'll come back and bring you a bottle. I have a very small bottle because um, I only get it when relatives come down and it's kind of like special olive oil because only made in Italy. So he brings a bottle up. That guy takes a picture of it with his with his, with his Polaroid. I mean, with his Kodak camera, Insta camera, and got the print sent the print to his cousin. Cousin went and bought him a case. Brought him a case. He calls the guy up on the phone. He goes, "Hey, I got a case of that." Um. Um, it'll cost you this much. Guy was like, I'll, I'm there. He bought the whole case because he knew that he could not get that nowhere else. No Italian locally ever had that. So he bought that whole case. Just bought it from him. He paid the, he paid the markup price. And it was the same stuff, sealed everything. It was, it was exactly what he was looking for. And he bought it. And then he told him, thank you. He says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to shop here. Me and my family are gonna shop here. May not be a lot of us Italians shopping here, but because you, you good people, you, you are. He said, "Use good people." And I will shop here. You shop at my store, I shop at your store. I know your stuff is a little pricey, just like mine, but that's okay. I believe in generating good wealth, and I believe in taking care of family. You have a family to feed. I got a family to feed, so we're gonna do that. And they did that for years until. He ended up retiring, and they both retired, and they both were very good friends. I mean, like at the holidays, most Italians, they all about family. The matriarch and the patriarch, they're all about family, grandma, grandpa, they're all about that family. He had a Christmas, he had a Christmas, he had a Thanksgiving dinner. His whole family was there. He called that, he called that, he called that Irish guy up and said, hey, bring your whole family over to my house for Christmas. Your, your family's coming to my house for Christmas. Your family's coming over for Christmas. We're going to have Thanksgiving here, but I want you over to my house for Christmas. Your whole family, kids, everybody. So this whole Irish family came over and celebrated Christmas with him. What is, he brought he brought all the... He, the guy came over all this Italian stuff that he, that, he, that he got. Italian breads, Italian cheese, everything from Italy. Because he was doing what... Like Polynesian people, like someone say, Melosa bringing something and they then and uh, Polly believe in this thing called Ainga means family welcome to Ainga or Ainga means family it means they believed in that and he, he came there he didn't have to bring anything all he had to do was bring a bottle of wine oh but he brought wine but he brought wine cheeses breads pastries from Italy the all the Italians that were there for Christmas was like who is this? Who is this Irish guy? And they, but but they said it in a, in a in a derogatory way. They they said something in in, in Italian that meant who's this? Who's this immigrant? Who's this guy? Who's the immigrant? Who's this? You know, not you know. They said it in a, in a negative way. Him doing here, and the guy goes, he goes, that's my family. He looked at him and said, that's family. He says, what do you mean? That's family. He says, when I needed when I needed help. Like, he, he told he told all the family, he told all the Italians, when I needed money, when I needed help, you know, he said, my daughter was going to college. Seriously, he said, my daughter was going to college. Right over there. My daughter was going to college. Guess what? That guy right there, that man right there, knew that my daughter was going to college. You know, scholarships and everything. He came over. He brought $5,000 in a check and said, hey, 
I want to help your daughter. I want to help your daughter get to college. Here's five grand. I want your daughter to get a better college. And oh yeah. And he says, where is she going to college at? Oh, she's going to that college. And it was in New York. He said she's going to this college in New York. He says, tell her what. Tell you what. He he gave. He wrote down. Tell her to go to this market. He said, tell her to go to this. Um, go to this Irish. Go to this Irish market. Go to this Irish market and tell her to go in there, give her this, take this letter in there, and she and and she ain't got a word. She ain't want for nothing. He said she ain't want for nothing. Food, everything. She she will eat good. She will eat good because your. He said your daughter's my daughter. He said your daughter's my daughter. That's family. What I'm saying when I tell you this, when you know that story is coming. Doesn't matter what color, what race, what creed, what gender, whatever. Family is family. It's not the family you were born with, but it's sometimes the family you make. So when it comes to generating wealth, sometimes you have to create wealth, meaning that you buy from your friends, you buy from everybody. Sometimes you may have to pay a little more, but in the long run, you're also helping to establish, to generate, to establish the economy, to boost the economy, to create mass wealth and wealth. Let me tell you something. Native Americans have this policy. They, they are tribal. Indigenous tribal people have a policy. They will do business with everyone, but they will particularly do business with their own. They love doing business with their own family, their own family. Not kind, not race, family. Because tribal people call everyone. If you are indigenous, you're family. Oh, I'm a Comanche. Oh, I'm a Kuwia. You're still family. Come on in. Just come on in. You're Comanche. Boom, come on in. We'll take care of you. That's what I'm talking about. A lot of people don't understand that. But that's how... That's how they generate their wealth. By taking care of their own business. And they they also do this. They will also patronize their business. So what they will do is they will tell their brothers or sisters, Hey... I own this mark. I own this. Um, we'll use the indigenous people. I own a casino. Every member of the family will go down to that casino and put their money in that casino. You know what they're doing? They're generating wealth. They're putting back into what they normally get out. So that's what they're doing. Do you understand? They're putting back into wealth. So with this, this right here, this podcast is talking about generational wealth. And I mean about Black Wall Street because I didn't know about Black Wall Street. But now I know. We must take care of our own. Must buy local, patronize local business. I walked into a, um, I walked into where I'm at, where I'm locally at, up in the um, Coachella Valley in California. I walked into a, a little, I, I was walking, in, I was walking down the strip. And I walked into this little tiny um, boutique store. It was a pet store. I walked in, and <clears throat> in the pet store, they had bottled water. Now, normally, you can get bottled water. You can, pay, you can get like bottled water for like, you know, dollar fifty or whatever. Man, dollar fifty for the generic bottled water, ninety-nine cents or something. But they had this generic bottle of water in there, and it was like two dollars and fifty cents. It was two dollars and fifty cents for this bottled water. It was, Arizona. It was Ozarka. Ozarka was two dollars. Yeah, Arizona and Ozarka was two dollars and fifty cents. Bottle water. Tall one. That was a little pricey. 
because my girl was like, that's kind of hot. And I asked her, and I looked at her. I said, are you thirsty? She says, what do you mean? Are you thirsty? She said, well, yes, I am. Then, okay, um, I asked, and then I turned around and told her, um, you're paying for it? Um, no. Then why are you complaining? Why are you complaining about where I'm spending my money? You're telling me that's kind of high, but you're but yet and still you're thirsty. And I told her, and I gave her this, I told her this philosophy: buy local, stage local. And I stood there, and the lady, she was the owner. She was she came up to the register, and I had two bottles. I said, listen, buy local, stay local. When you buy, when you patronize small businesses, you're helping to help help them to keep their business. Yes, you can go to the major chain stores. Everybody does. You can go to you can go to Walmart. You can go to Walmart, Staters, Costco, Sam's, and stuff like that. The box stores, the big chain stores like that, or the local grocery stores that you're in. But this is a small, small store, small boutique store, small business. You want to help them. Yeah, it may cost a little. I told her. Yeah, it may cost a little more. Yeah, you're gonna pay a little more, but you gotta remember this is a brick and mortar store. I said you gotta help them pay their gas, light, water, and your utilities, their rent, because it's a brick and mortar business. Without these brick and mortar businesses, we wouldn't be where we are. A lot of people wouldn't have the things, you, materials, the nice little things, the nice little uh, things that you can't find in a major box chain store. They carry, it. and you get the you get the quality, and it's not quantity. And you get the personality and the personal thing. Some things like, ah, hmm. Now tell me about this. And they'll tell you. You go to a box chain store. Excuse me. Tell me about that. Oh, I don't know. What does it say on the label? Oh, thank you. See what I mean? That's what I'm talking about when it comes to generation of wealth. And she she was like, well, whatever. I would do it. Okay, you're not, you're not thirsty. It's my money. I do what I, it's my money. I'm going to buy local. The lady thanked me. And said, you're very right. And she said, excuse me. April. My girlfriend was like, huh? She said, he's very right about buying local and stuff because you're helping me pay these bills and stuff like that. And I do thank you. Yeah, you can go somewhere else and pay out. You can go elsewhere and get it cheaper. But, you know, for those who patronize my business, I thank them. Personally, thank you for patronizing my business because you're helping me pay my bills. Thank you. And then I told her where I worked at, and she said, oh, you work at the casino. What shift? She told me what shift and where I work at. She actually came in there. Just because I came into her store, she came into the casino at, at night. She was out and about with her husband. She was out and about with her husband, her husband, her life partner. I say husband, husband, life partner, you know, you know, life partner. They both came in. They both walked in, and she said, she said, hey. Hey, Jr. I was like, oh, hey, hi. We're coming here. We're gonna check this out and see how the food is. And I and I served them. We cooked the food, served it to them. She told me, thank you. And she patronized. She said, I know this is not your place, but I just wanted to check it out where you work at. Uh, cause you work for the tribe. Yes, yeah. And I know the tribe does a lot good for the community and stuff. And she said, and then she told her, she told her life partner, this is the guy I was telling about with his girlfriend. They gave his girlfriend a lesson. And about why buy local. And she said, and her partner was like, hey, I, I really appreciate that. I mean, a bottle of water is just a bottle of water, but, but thank you. I said, no problem. 
And I and I continually every time from downtown and from downtown in Palm Springs, I go there and I will buy a bottle of water. Why? Because I'm helping the economy. Alright, so now I'm gonna cut this a little short. Yeah, I'm gonna cut this down a little short and everything. Oh wow, yeah, I'm gonna cut it a little short. Yeah, I gotta cut it down a little short. But I want to talk to that about Black Wall Street, about buying local, generating amounts of wealth and everything. If you, if you, what I'm telling you right now, right now is your time. Right now, today is your day. There's nothing about today that you need to know. Today is your day. Generation of wealth. Today is your day. Remember this. You got to get yourself in the mindset. Become that person. Get into beast mode. Get into that beast mode. Take charge of your life. Start generating a wealth. Now, my next couple podcasts, we're going to be going deeper into this generation of wealth because I want you to understand that wealth also establishes legacy because if you have family, if you have kids, son, a daughter, puppy, that's your son, a daughter, some people, you want to leave a legacy. You want to leave wealth to your kids because how would you feel if today, if tomorrow you took your last breath? What are you leaving for your family? You're just like, I'm working a nine-to-five job, and I'm good, I got it, I got life insurance, that's whatever. But that life insurance only covers what? You. And your burial. But when you leave a gener- when you leave a when you leave generations of wealth, creating wealth for the long-term longevity, you're creating wealth for your family. And family's family. There's a lot of famous people. Here's an example, and I'm going to cut this off real quick. Old school people like um, the DuPonts, the Charlestons, the Mayfair, the Mayflower family, Mayflower um, family, and stuff like that. They who had created wealth like the Carnegie, Morgan, you know, J.P. Morgan, Andrew Carnegie, Vanderbilt. Those names are synonymous because you know what? That's generations of wealth. I mean, people had, they were billionaires, super rich millionaires. Today, their name and their money and the Ford Foundation, like I said, Ford and stuff like that, and GM, those are names that you can remember. And the people that founded those companies, guess what? They're leaving legacies of wealth. Okay, Andrew Carnegie, the Carnegie Foundation, nonprofit organization, donates to PBS, public broadcasting system. Donates to PBS, donates a lot of endowments. J.P. Morgan, Vanderbilt, donates to the endowments. The, the Hunt family, endowments. The Hearst family, endowments. The Hines family, endowments. They set aside money to give back. Bill Gates created an endowment to give back. Warren Buffett creates an endowment to give back. And that's what I'm talking about. Giving back generations of wealth. You want to be able to create a dynasty, live a legacy. If you remember the movie Dynasty, and you remember the movie Dallas? J.R. Ewing, the Ewing, J.R. Ewing, you know, the family, the Ewing family, they were oil tycoons. But they also gave back to their community. Their whole family reaped the benefits of one person. He created dynasties of wealth, and then everyone else just created money. Money just started multiplying. That's what I'm talking about. Create that generation of wealth. 
get into your get into that beast mode because today you need to get into beast mode. Beast mode is where you gotta get yourself. You gotta tell yourself. You gotta get up. You gotta get up when you don't wanna get up. You gotta get up on the days you don't want to get up. I'm telling you that because you need to just say, just do it. Wake up. Wake up. Get into beast mode. Start start creating a legacy. Live a legacy. Create the dynasty of wealth. Generate your amount of wealth. If you don't know how to generate amounts of wealth, here's what you do. Right. Get, get a game plan. Put, this is like football. This is like football. This is like soccer. Put on that game face. It's like baseball. Get on that game face. Put on the plan of attack. Set that date. On that date, that's when you're going to start. My thing is, here's, here, here, here's my date for you. Now. Start doing it right now. Not tomorrow. Not the next day. Not next week. Right now. Start doing your start doing it right now. Start doing it. Because if you don't do it, you'll never do it. Just do it now. Start right now. Generating your abundance of wealth. And you probably say, well, whatever. I don't know what kind of business I want to start. Let me tell you something. What you don't know. Will never hurt you. Just start. Start something. Something is better than nothing. Do you understand? Something is better than nothing. Start your generations of wealth. Because something is better than nothing. And I'm telling you that because I want you to understand. Get out there. If you want to start a YouTube channel? Start a YouTube channel. If you want to do a podcast? Hey, do a podcast. You want to you wanna become a singer, songwriter? Do that. You want to become an actor? Do that. Make you some videos of you becoming an actor. Um, spend some money, you know, you gotta, you gotta spend money to make money. Nothing in life is free, not even a smile. People just say, well, smiles are free. Not really. Nothing in life is free, but unless you willing to, you gotta sacrifice for the greater good. Because he who sacrifices the most becomes the greatness. Become the greatness. He who sacrifices becomes great. Greatest that I eat. See you got to become greatness. you got to put yourself in that mindset, that mode, that mindset. All right? Hey, this is J.R. Bell with I Got Your Six Podcast, and you need to get into beast mode. I'm telling you right now, you need to get into beast mode. Countdown's begun. Five, four, three, two, one. You're, get, you're in beast mode. That's what you need to do. You're in beast mode right now. And by the way, hey, thank you each and every one of y'all who are listening to my podcast I appreciate it and I appreciate you and I want you to understand today is your day to become this who you should be your success is measured by what you do listening to this podcast you're already you're already you're already getting into the countdown if you're listening to my podcast you're getting into the countdown of beast mode ready five four three two one you're in beast mode And guess what? Bravo 6 going dark.